Let us pray. Lord God, your grace truly is amazing. Something that comes to us in a way where we have no right to expect it, but yet you pursue us with your grace throughout our life. Lord, sometimes we don't allow the chains that hold us back to, to be freed by that grace. And we ask today that as your word comes and speaks to us, that indeed we would not let anything that has happened to us in our life get in the way of your helping us through that and to be able to see that you indeed have done an amazing thing in our life to allow us to know that your grace is sufficient for us. Your power is amazing to help us in any situation we deal with. Help us to hear your spirit speak to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take out your Bibles and turn to John chapter 16, the last verse of that chapter. If you didn't bring your own Bible along, you can take out one of the pew Bibles. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a Bible of your own, we would encourage you to be able to take that uh, pew Bible with you. And I, I do want you to, to feel comfortable in writing in it, making notes and underlining things in this. Over the last several weeks, we've been taking a look at how the dots are connected in our life. That as we live our life, that our faith dots sometimes can become smaller because certain things are going on in our life that are affecting that faith dot. Whether it be things with our, our marriages or our dating relationships, whether it be things relating to our finances, our, our family life, all those things can impact it. And at the same time, we, we need to, to realize that as we allow our faith circle to impact on those other circles, that it's, it's truly amazing what God can do when we, we live our life, including God, in the things, when we include God in our marriage, in our finances, in our uh, parenting, all of those things, they kind of come together. The, the dots are, are connected. Today we're going to be dealing with the, the life issues circle. The reality is that things happen in our life. Jesus said they would. If you turn to John 16, we hear these words of Jesus, and they're important ones for us to realize. Jesus says there in verse 30, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And here's what you might want to underline. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There are two important truths that are from God's word. He's saying as a follower of mine, I don't want you to live under the illusion that somehow if you just live your life kind of the right way and everything, that life is just going to be hunky-dory all the time. On the other side of it, though, he wants to say, no matter what life is throwing at you, I don't want you to think that I'm not able to help you overcome that, that I'm the one who has overcome the world. I'm the one who's going to die and rise again, and so I want you to recognize who I am and what I can do in your life. A number of years ago, God kind of gave me a parable that helps, I think, us to understand this. It was a number of years ago uh, when we were still living in Minnesota, and one uh, day, Phyllis and I were driving down a southern Minnesota highway. It was a, a two-lane highway, springtime. Now, the one thing you've got to understand about southern Minnesota is that there's a lot of hog farmers there. Okay, Hormel kind of got its headquarters there and, and that. And so 
hogs produce something. They produce hog manure. All right? And so we're going down this road. This is kind of context for what's going on. We're driving down this road, and this pickup truck passes Phyllis and I, and the guy had a bumper sticker. I'm going to put it politely. It said, manure happens. You can fill in the translation, okay? But, you know, I had heard the phrase before, but it seemed, you know, I'd never seen someone put it on their car kind of as a philosophy of life. And I, I made a comment, man, what a thing to put on your car. Manure happens. I said, you know, that guy must have really had some things happen to him in his life. And we were just, a, oh, maybe another uh, minute later from this guy passing us and I'm making that comment, we're heading down uh, this kind of valley and at the bottom of the valley, there's a tractor pulling a fresh load of hog manure. Oh, springtime in Minnesota and hog manure are something else. Manure stinks, okay? And, and, and so we just get down, you know, and you, just when you come up behind the, the manure spreader, the thing's starting up the other side of the hill with the yellow line. And boy, I tell you, I was wrestling. Should I try and go uh, around it on the yellow line? And the part of me says, you know, sure enough, I do. There's going to be a high patrolman coming down uh, from the other way, or there's going to be a truck coming, and that wouldn't be good either way. So both of those options didn't. So, so it seemed like an eternity going up this hill. I mean, behind a manure spreader, time can seem like an eternity, can it? And so we get finally up to the top of the hill. There's no traffic coming. I hit the gas and zoom around it. And as they're getting down the road, I turn to Phyllis and says, you know, manure happens, but thank God you don't have to stay behind the manure spreader. Now, I want you to think about that. Manure happens. In this life, you will have trouble. But you don't have to stay behind the manure spreader. And here is, I think, sometimes we're, even as Christians, we, we get ourselves in trouble. That Jesus says, in this world you have trouble, and then we stay behind the manure spreader. Do any of you feel like you're living your life behind the manure spreader? Well, I think we need to realize God doesn't intend for you to live your life behind a manure spreader. But I wonder why it is that, that sometimes we end up doing that. You're, I think sometimes... We blame God for the manure. If there's a loving God, why would God allow manure to happen in my life? And we're, we're spending our time, and if we're not blaming God, we're blaming somebody else for the manure in our life. And so we, we go around in our life and we have a manure attitude. <laughs> I was trying to, how could I say that well? <laughs> it's a new word, manure. <laughs> But, he, you know, maybe you some days had a manure attitude. Uh, I know I every once in a while slip into one. But we, we're just mad at, at God. We're mad at the world. We're mad at people. And, and we're, we're just thinking, you know, if, if I don't have this bad attitude, I'll somehow have to let go of the anger I'm feeling. So I think sometimes people stay behind the manure spreader because it somehow gives them a reason to stay mad at God, at their parents, at their boss, whoever they need to be angry at. So I think that's a, a part of what gets us sucked in, into staying behind it. The other thing that I think sometimes happens is 
that we think we deserve the manure. We deserve to stay behind the manure spreader. Sometimes I, I think we, we think, well, that's, that's my lot in life, to live behind a manure spreader. And, you know, sometimes the reality is sometimes we've actually created some of the manure that's happening in our life. Some of the things that, that are stinking in our life are our own stinking fault. And so we could easily think, well, because I caused this thing to happen to me in my life that stinks, now I'm stuck behind the manure spreader. I deserve to live behind the manure spreader. As if God's grace doesn't have anything to do with letting us get beyond that and move beyond it. So we, we need to, to be uh, careful uh, about the, the attitude, the one that, that somehow God or somebody else is to blame for the manure or that somehow we deserve to live behind that manure spreader. I think the third thing that I sometimes think where we get ourselves stuck is that we try to get out from behind the manure spreader all by ourselves. We think that we got ourselves into this mess and we've got to get ourselves out of it. And so we, we try as hard as we can to get out, but what we're not realizing is that we're not strong enough. We're not powerful enough to deal with whatever it is that is keeping us stuck. And when we get in that situation, it, it is truly amazing of when manure is, is happening, when we, we're dealing with a life issue, we're dealing with a, a chronic illness, we're dealing with a significant loss in our life, maybe a, a marriage has died on us, maybe we're dealing with the, the loss of a, a loved one. The, the, the life issues can become many, but what's, what's interesting is that all of a sudden the life issue gets so big that it consumes all the rest of our life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that we're dealing with a life issue and all of a sudden that life issue has consumed us. It's affecting our marriage, it's affecting our finances, it's affecting our family life, and it's even affecting our relationship with God. And sometimes, unfortunately, some of the things that we use to try to deal with the life issues, they become a life issue in themselves. Sometimes when we're trying to deal with the fact that life stinks, we start trying to medicate that stinky life. And so we get ourselves involved with addictions, things that we try to, to mask whatever it is that, that we're struggling with. We become addicted to alcohol or drugs or, or pornography or eating. We may, some people resort to, to cutting themselves because it kind of distracts them from the pain that they're inwardly uh, feeling. There are all sorts of things that, that happen and all of a sudden the, the very thing that we were hoping would help us it's now taking control of our life and it's overwhelmed our life and it's, it's even affecting our relationship with God. And unfortunately, sometimes what we begin to be deceived into saying, well, until I get my manure together, I guess God doesn't love me anymore. Until I get my manure together, I'm going to have to do it on my own. And what God is trying to help us to understand is, is, is exactly in those times when we're facing life issues that we need to understand that Jesus has said to us, in this world you will have life issues. In this life you will have trouble. But take courage. 
I'm stronger than the world. I'm stronger than the life issue that you're dealing with. To realize that in the midst of all the things that are happening, even in the midst of the manure, God is able to work good in everything to those who love him. That's an amazing truth, that God can take manure and make it into fertilizer. That's sometimes what God needs to do. To not let you say, I've got to live my life with that attitude. I don't have to live my life that way. I can live my life free. And you know what's, what is even more amazing here is, is how God helps us in this, this time to realize that, that we're not alone. That when we go through a life issue, that it isn't uncommon for us to go through a spiritual crisis. Something bad happens to us, and it's not unusual. You're not alone when you go through a spiritual crisis. I invite you to go to your Old Testament, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 77. It's an interesting psalm. Some have suggested that David may have written this at the death of an infant child in his life. That he had lost, and he's writing this to express his feelings. And I want you to, to begin to, to understand the spiritual crisis that David is going through. Because we're going to go through those spiritual crises when we encounter our life issues, when we experience a significant loss in our, our life. We're going to have that, that kind of spiritual crisis ourselves. Listen to, to him as he cries out to God. He cries out to God for help. He cries out to God to hear him. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out on tiring hands. And listen to this. He says, and my soul refused to be comforted. You can get to that point when you're going through a life issue. You cry out to God, but there's still something aching in your heart. You don't have that peace anymore, and you're wrestling with God. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused and my spirit grew faint. A life issue can cause that faith circle to, to, to feel like it wants to shrink down to, to nothing and, and give out. He says, you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. There are times when you go through a life issue, you ever have problems sleeping? Yeah. Ever go through a problem where it's so bad you can't even put into words to God or anybody else really what's going on inside of you. That's, that, that's how uh, these kind of things can impact us. I thought of the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. We can long for the good old days, can't we, when we're going through a life issue. My heart mused and my spirit inquired. There will be, as you go through a life issue, you will question God. Trust me, you will question God, just as David did. Listen to his questions. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Ever gone through a life issue, through a crisis, and had those kind of questions of God? David did too. There's going to be 
a question of God as we face these life issues. But here's where we need to see the faith of David and the faith that Jesus is encouraging in us. In the midst of all this questioning, in the midst of all that he was struggling with, he says, then I thought to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. In the midst of our troubles, in the midst of those times when we're feeling like we can't get out from behind that manure spreader, we too need to remember the days of the most right hand of the Most High. We need to remember how Jesus came and broke into this world that's full of all sorts of manure. And he came to let us know that the manure doesn't get the last word. He came to let us know that he's more powerful than what we're dealing with. He still is the God of miracles and wonders in our life. He still is the God who can work everything together for our good. That is why it is so important for us when we're going through that crisis that we don't turn our hearts away from God, but we turn our hearts to God and remember the amazing God that we believe in, the God who has the power to transform what we're going through into a new and a better life for us down the road. And here's the interesting thing about it. That when God is allowed to do his work, when we allow him to be our strength in the midst of all those things we're struggling with, that God then takes what we've gone through and makes it useful in our reaching out to others. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it's interesting there how Paul speaks about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he shares with us how that God who has been with us in our troubles, is the same God who is there to make it possible for us to offer comfort to others. We read in first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning to verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Now listen carefully. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. God has worked it out in our life so that as we trust him in dealing with those issues that, that we're facing, when we trust him to be powerful enough to help us get through them, and we don't get over life issues, we get through them. We get through them with the grace of God. We get through them with the truth of God applied to those life issues. We get through them knowing that God is at work in the midst of everything we're going through. And when we've gotten through them, there's this amazing peace that we have. There's this amazing comfort that we have that what we went through was not a waste. And then God is saying, now I want you to be there to offer comfort to those who are going through the same thing you have gone through. And what a blessing that is. 
when all of a sudden you're able to come alongside of someone and say, I know what it feels like. You're right, it stinks. I've been there. But I've also experienced God getting me through it. And let us get through it together. You and me and God, let's get through it together. That's God's plan for our lives, that that nothing ever has to feel like it's a waste, that we can use the very experiences where life stunk for us to be something to help someone else. God has a plan for us to not just let the life circles be uh, something that we ignore. We're going to give you the resources you need for your marriage, for your finances, for your parenting. But we're also going to be there to help you with life issues. One of the neat things about Messiah is is that it truly is a, a church where you can come and don't have to pretend to be something you aren't. You can come all dressed up and, and gussied up and, and that's fine. Or you can come in your blue jeans and your t-shirt and you're accepted just like that too, aren't you? What a great place that is. But it also needs to be a place where we can know that we can come with our life issues. That we don't have to come and, you know, say, you know, say how are you doing? I'm fine. When really, life stinks. We can come and know that Messiah is that place of grace. Messiah is that place where where you can know that you can be going through a life issue and you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be condemned, but you're going to be received as a part of the family. You're going to be received as one who the rest of us know we've gone through our life issues too. And that's so important that we have that that grace and yet the truth to, to help each other to say, you don't have to stay behind the manure spreader. Jesus is there to help us to that new and better life. We need to face life issues, not on our own, not avoiding God or avoiding each other. We face life issues knowing that God is going to be there and help us in an amazing way. God is going to help us through others. That's why it's important that, Messiah, that we have a ministry like Stephen Ministry, where someone can come alongside of you as you're going through a life issue help you to pray about that thing, stay connected to God, help you to know that as they're listening to everything you're going through, that you're not alone and that you're getting the acceptance and the encouragement that you need from someone who understands. To understand that that Messiah is going to be a place where we're going to have those support groups, that if you're going through a chronic illness, that you know that there's people that understand what that's like. If you're going through the death of a marriage, that there's something like divorce care for you to do. That we can point you to recovery ministries so that you don't have to face an addiction on your own. All these things are an important part of who we are. It's important that we have uh, those things that give us that sense that we're not alone. That's why as we look at the faith circle and we kind of shrink the the issue circle, a part of God shrinking that is us having our faithful five. The faithful five are those people that we can count on. The faithful five are those people who you can be honest with about, you go to them and they say, how are you doing? And you can say, life stinks. And they're going to say, tell me about it. I'll listen. Your faithful five are going to be able to be there with you and for you, and you can be there for them when they're going through their uh, life issues. They're the people that, as we're wanting to have the strength of God to help us deal with something that has become a habit or an addiction in our life, 
that our faithful five are those people that we can turn to and they will, in a grace-filled way, they will help us to remain accountable and be able to deal with the, the ongoing temptations that we, we face in our life. It's important that as we go through life issues, we understand how God never intended for us to go through it alone. He intended us to go through it with the help of Jesus. That Jesus who loved each and every one of us so much that he came into this broken, stinking world and he lived that, that perfect life that we couldn't. And he died on the cross for everything that we're angry about and everything that we're ashamed of in ourselves. Jesus died for that so that we could know that all that stuff isn't God's last word to us. God wants us to know that we don't have to get our manure together before we come to God. Isn't that what grace is all about? You don't have to get your manure all together before you come. Isn't it strange how sometimes we're tempted that once I get my act together, once I get my manure all together, then I'll come back to church. Who do you think's trying to make you believe that? Maybe the devil? But isn't that the temptation? We all, we're going to go hide in the bushes. When we got our manure together, then we'll try and find God. Well, God in his grace, he comes and he finds you. And he says, don't stay there. Let me be with you. God in his grace says you don't have to get it together before you come to me. God in his grace says, come as you are. And all who are ready to come as you are say, Amen.